What's going on guys? If this is your first time tuning into Living Real Driven, welcome. I'm your host Nick Updike and I started this podcast to really help you guys push your comfort zone, get uncomfortable and evolve mentally, physically, spiritually and most importantly embrace that badass version of yourself that you're meant to be whether you believe it or not. I'm going to get you to believe it. So get ready to hear from experts in different industries as well as people that are just like you and me that are pursuing their passions to the fullest and taking that necessary massive action regardless of all the challenges and adversities and punches in the face that they're going to experience on their journey. I'm going to show you guys that living an impactful life filled with purpose is possible. You don't have to settle for that 9 to 5 average life if you're willing to work your ass off and make the necessary sacrifices. No more freaking excuses. If you're ready to dominate life and become the person you're destined to be, get your notes out and let's begin living a real driven life today. What's up guys, welcome to Living Real Driven. I'm your host Nick Updike and today I have my man Radley Gillis with me. Radley has one of the craziest, most inspiring stories I've heard in a very long time and I'm fortunate enough to have him here with me. We were actually able to crush a workout before this and he's willing to share with you his whole story, um, some of the adversity he's overcome and the lessons he's learned through his journey. So thank you so much for being on the show, bro. Of course, man. It's uh, awesome to have you on and yeah, will you just start off by you know sharing some of your journey before the accident and your life prior and then kind of a little bit through and I'll just weave in some questions and stuff because I'm a curious guy. But yeah, man, go ahead. All right, for sure. Do the honors. Um, so I'm starting at the beginning. I uh, grew up Hollywood, Florida. Um, grew up at my dad's gym with my brother. We I have uh, three younger brothers. And um, we grew up in the gym, so fitness has always been like a huge thing with us. Right. <laughs> yeah. My dad drove that into us since we were little. Anyway, I started wrestling when I was five. And um, my dad also had to start that and then also had a start, you know, doing motocross just because those were the two things that he loved and, you know, he got us into it. Um, you know, lifting and motocross. Lifting and motocross, Hell the yeah. fun stuff. Uh, my dad, he uh, wrestled when he was in high school and um, he took like second in the state. Um, so, you know, he, oh, he missed it by this much and he always told us when we were little, you know, you're going to be state champs and yeah, yeah, you know, kind of put that, put that thought into us when and we're babies um so i'll skip over to high school um i got super into wrestling i'd always been um you know pretty athletic loved doing you know all sports um, right, right. football basketball whatever um wrestling was my main thing though and um so everything i was doing in high school like really just surrounded was surrounded um revolved around wrestling <laughs> so um you know, I uh, I ended up winning states and nationals um, throughout high school, and then I got recruited to wrestle Division One, and um, I went and wrestled at the University of Tennessee in uh, Chattanooga, and um, I don't know, I just got I got sick of it. <laughs> I'd been doing it for so right. long. It happens, man. I, that's how I was with baseball. I was just doing it all the time, playing every day, traveling, doing doubleheaders, and I was just like, I want to try something different. <laughs> that's yeah, exactly. I um. I, you know, I, there was no off-season. I was just doing wrestling camps, you know, nonstop working out, wrestling practice, wrestling tournaments. I, that's all I did. <laughs> and right. then, um, you know, I, I did that first year in college, um, and I was like, you know, th this isn't what I want to do anymore. I want to 
you know, I, I'm a hard worker and everything. I did what I, I wanted to do. I accomplished my goals with wrestling, and I, now I want to, you know, apply it to somewhere else and see see what else I can do. Um, so, you know, while I was up there, my, my best friend, Jake Adler. Wait, so you're in Tennessee D1, and then you transfer. Where did you transfer to? UCF. Okay. So um, my best friend, Jake Adler, he went to UCF, and, you know, he told me, you know, how great it was and how much he loved it, and he's like, yeah, you can uh, – um, you know, he told me like how great it was and everything, and he, uh, you know, he's he like, convinced Yo. you to go there. Yeah, he, he convinced was hyping me to it go. up, dude. He was hyping it up, and he was like, "Yeah, man, come live with me, whatever. We'll rush, you know, we'll have a great time." And uh, I was just like, "All right, <laughs> you know, I don't want to do this anymore, so I'm gonna try something new." And I, uh, I transferred, um, you know, Tennessee and Chattanooga. It's like small and cold right. all the time. We'd wake up every day, you know, like 5 a.m., have three, four practices a day between running, lifting, um, you know, just so many workouts, stadiums, course, running miles, and before the sun's up, and, you know, I... That's a job. It, you it's want, literally your you job. Sports is literally and, your um, job. And on top of it, like, I in high school, I, I was cutting a lot of weight, too. I'd be... my Up to junior year, I wrestled um, 106 pounds, but I was cutting from, what? Like, 120, yeah. <laughs> 106 pounds? Yeah. I, uh, He's not a, that small of a guy. I mean, 106 <laughs> pounds, dude. I, uh, I was cutting a lot of weight. And then senior year, I was cutting to 120, which is another, like, probably 10 pounds from, like, 130-something to that. And, um, you know, then I went to college. I was wrestling 133, still cutting a bunch of weight. So, you know, I'm working super hard uh, all throughout the week and then cutting to make weight for tournaments on the weekends and you know right. it's freezing up there yeah. and I just, I'm a the, Florida boy I <laughs> I like the sun I like the, the warmth and everything I totally I just, understand that um, it was not bad anymore so um, transferred to UCF and then UCF wait so you were how old were you when you transferred you're, so you're a sophomore so you're, yeah I went I started UCF um, the summer before my sophomore year so I it was like summer B or whatever right um, I guess I was what, maybe 19 19 yeah. I don't think it was 20 yet. I think it was 19. Um, so whatever, I'd go there, uh, take some summer classes, and, you know, just kind of feeling everything now. And, I, you know, I was really liking it. Um, when fall came around, uh, Adler convinced me to, you know, rush a fraternity with him. And um, yeah. I went – I ended up going to Fido. Which, yeah, your brother's in the bond. <laughs> which, you know, you are too. Yeah, you know. that's actually crazy. Um, but, yeah, I uh, – I immediately like just bought into everything. I uh, I really liked you know the whole motto motto about um you know becoming the best version of yourself, and uh, one thing that really drew me in there was how um, everyone you know is kind of striving to be the best that they can be, and when you surround yourself with people like that, you know it pushes you to be the best that you can be, and just yeah. it brings the whole organization, brings everything to the top, whether it's you know working out, um, you know doing well in school like something with a job being successful it's just you know, it brings the best out of you and um so I immediately just bought into that and I really liked it and um my first you know um I was doing everything that I could you know to just participating and you right. know stepping up to do things and like leadership positions you're and super everything. involved I was super involved the start. uh my first year I got um at, at, at our like formal we have like the awards and stuff okay. and I got voted a uh, new member of the year I got uh, most athletic and some other uh, <laughs> an, another one um, and 
I don't know. It, I just ever since then it just got rolling, and then um, as you know, like I, I ended up becoming the president my senior year. Yeah, bro. Don't skip too far. Yeah, yeah everyone skip. <laughs> my bad. We didn't cut that out. <laughs> working then. So when I moved when I moved over to Tennessee, I uh, one of the, I mean from Tennessee to UCF, one of the agreements I had with my parents was like, you know, I I'm not wrestling anymore in college, so I gotta pay for everything on my own. So um, I immediately. You know, how to find a job. I started working that summer. Um, that's also kind of a funny story because I, I had no really work experience other than working at my uncle's like uh, law office, okay, um, law firm. And uh, but up there, I was like, I need a job. So yeah. I went to this place called Birder U on campus. You know, I had no experience. I was just walking in places, handing <laughs> my resume. Like, I, you know, I learned yeah. fast. <laughs> I'm, yeah. I'm a good hard worker. Like, hire me. Um, so I ended up going on campus, ended up being like right next to where my buddy lived because he was on campus at the time. And he, um, I walk in there and I see, I see my ex girlfriend from like middle school. <laughs> and she's like, Oh my gosh, you're here. I didn't even know she went there. And then she ended up getting me the job. Um, you know, it was just like, it's one of those places where you order at the front, you get a number okay, yeah. and, uh, you know, you come and give yeah, them the food. Sit down. It wasn't like a super. Right. It, it was like a bottom like a burger fry a bur- yeah burger fry kind of thing job um, so anyway like you know it wasn't I, I was paying for my rent for my groceries you know, for my school so and you were working a lot I was working a lot I, there were some weeks I was working over like 40 hours <laughs> damn yeah because um, they, they do work have us work all like morning and afternoon and night on uh, game days so like Jeez, I would um, those, those weeks were, were harsh no tailgates for you not that that first time it sucked i had to work Damn. um so when, were you on you were on scholarship when you were at tennessee though right yeah i had some money yeah yeah, yeah. <laughs> so then you came back here and like you got the fun you had the people yeah. the fraternity, and then you're like shit <laughs> i had to pay for pay the fraternity more. too <laughs> so much everything shit. um but then later i ended up finding out that my cousin worked at a like sunny's barbecue um and she ended up getting me a job there and you know it's like a step above better hours a little more pay and then um, my friend Adler, Adler ended up working at this restaurant called Spice, which is a steakhouse downtown. Now you know that's where yeah. that's where the serving money was. Yeah. <laughs> so you yeah, know I burgers went burgers to steak, baby. And, uh, <laughs> so I went from burgers uh, to Sunny's barbecue. Um, I ended up going in, getting an interview, and um, at the steakhouse. And uh, I think it was the GM there. He. Um, you know, when you, when you were at a place, like, you know, they want experience to be a server, and he started asking me all about wines and stuff like that, and I had no idea about wine, what goes with what food yeah. and stuff, so uh, he didn't hire me, so then, um, you know, I was pissed, so I went, and I started looking up all about the different types of wine, and I made a Quizlet, like, with flashcards with, like, 60 oh different God. types, and I learned all about wines, and I, I think I, he gave me a book or something I had to look at, and I came back, and I was like, boom, 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 boom. And he's like, all right, well, you don't have any server experience, so I'm going to have to put you as a, a host, um, like Expo, which is like, like the food prepare, food runner, and then um, a bar back, or I'm sorry, a butt, like a busboy. So I had to yeah, so start yeah. there. And then, um, you know, I worked really hard, worked really hard, learned all the things they told me to. They, get, they had like these server tests, and um, I passed all those. And then finally, I, I became a server at this yeah. place, and I was making good money. And then, like, how, you were working there for a while, and then, mm-hmm. I know from what you told me, you already told me your story, but you were leaving, it was, like, raining one night. Yeah. That whole thing. Okay, so I guess I'll, I'll jump yeah, to that. Um, so, 
I, I, this night's a little blurry, but um, I'm pretty sure Jake Adler, he was, uh, he was working there, and then I came in, I think I worked a double that day, um, so, you know, there for a while, um, and I remember we, uh, Jake had a table, and, um, it was, like, some girl there was, like, I think during lunch, and I was trying to convince him to, you know, just stay and work with me, because, you know, it was more fun, because he was doing yeah. a cut before me, um, and I, because I had to close the restaurant down, so, um, I was trying to convince him to stay with me, and, you know, we just, you know, chill, and yeah. it's, it's better when you have your friend with you. Of course, you. yeah, everything. Um, so the girl, he asked the girl, like, at the table, like, what, what she thinks he should do, and she's like, oh, whenever I have a decision like this, I flip a coin. So, we flipped a coin, head, heads or something, he stays, tails, he goes home early. Wow. And, um, I think whatever it ended up being, heads or something, um, he ended up staying with me and closing the restaurant down, and, um, while we're working, you know, running around and everything, um, I guess I didn't notice, but it was raining outside, and, um, I don't know, I, by the time we got off work, it was probably like 11 something at night, he, uh, he, we drove separate, obviously, um, he went in his truck, I went on my motorcycle, and, um, what type of motorcycle was it? I had a Suzuki GSXR 600, like 2006 yeah. or something like yeah. that. Um, so, you know, like a sport bike. But you've been riding motorcycles for a while. Yeah. motocross. I started when I was five, and, um, you know, I always loved motorcycles, grew up on them. My dad had a street bike and the dirt bikes and everything, and, you know, I was, uh, I was pretty good on a motorcycle. (laughs) And, um, you know, I was paying for everything, so I, you know, the gas was way cheaper, and I, you know, I loved it. I loved being on my motorcycle. But, um, you know, by the time we got off work, it had stopped raining, and um, I got on my motorcycle and we're driving from downtown Orlando back to like the UCF area. So we had to go on the highway. And um, I think I was, in, I was in front of him. And we're just going home, going home. And then, um, you know, we're less than five minutes, literally less than five minutes from our apartment. Because we also lived together with, um, it was me, him, my younger brother, uh, Jake Gillis. And then um, one of uh, like my other fraternity yeah, right, brothers, yeah. Hunter. And... Um, you know, there's this long turn on the highway, and, uh, you know, I'm just going on it, and, um, I don't I just, remember much, right? I, I don't remember much, but, you know, it was, the roads were slick. Adler told me when he jumped out of his truck, he almost, he almost slipped, but, um, anyway, so I lost control of my back tire, and I went to the guardrail, and it just cut my legs off, like, on impact, um, you know. Yeah, <laughs> I uh, broke my humerus in, in a bunch of different places. My pet was torn because it was like all the way behind my head. I got opened up on my stomach. Yeah. Um, you know, I was just <laughs> I was, freaking insane, though. I was like, messed up. I don't understand. When you told me the story, the part that I didn't understand was if you get both your legs cut off on a guardrail and you're like your arm was all messed up. Like, there's so many things messed up. How did? How was he able to keep you from bleeding out? So, um, you know, I hit the guardrail. Jake was behind me. Thank God he flipped the damn coin and landed on the <laughs> head. Oh, holy shit, that would have been a different story. Yeah, he uh, he was like, oh my, he like he always says it like I thought I saw my best friend die. <laughs> he, uh, you know, pulled over on the side, jumped out of his truck. Uh, he told me he almost slipped when he jumped out because like the roads were just Dude, were so I bet slick. some oil or something like. Mm-hmm. Because I, I don't know. I actually watched something about because I was pretty into motorcycles at one point, and I watched something 
and it said it was talking about traction when you're turning on roads whether they're wet or not and the traction actually doesn't decrease that much if they're just wet mm-hmm. so i feel like the oil and stuff probably rose after and like all that that's different. someone was talking to me about that and um apparently like the the roads are slickest right after it yeah. rains because that's when up. everything yeah they said the same thing that yeah. you did um because it wasn't raining anymore and it was you know it was just after so i i you know i got unlucky cool. <laughs> yeah. and um so adam jumped out of his truck uh he ran over to me um he told me that i said i was like oh man like, i think i'm gonna yak and um <laughs> I, you know i was yeah. adrenaline just out yeah. of it i guess um because i you know my house opened up so i just got hit in the stomach so hard that you know, you, you get that feeling where you want to yeah, vomit yeah. <laughs> and you get sure, the that's knocked out of you. And apparently he told me I was trying to, like, walk it off. But, like, obviously I wasn't walking anywhere. <laughs> um, but anyway, you know, he jumped down and, I'm, you know, I obviously limbs bleeding out everywhere. Um, I can't even imagine. You probably, you don't really remember this part, I'm sure, right? No, not at all. So not traumatic, at all, yeah. I can't imagine being... Like, I can't imagine seeing that happen to one of my best friends and then going over there and just being like... like yeah. He's probably, just, like, pretty, like, traumatized, too, to yeah, a certain he, degree. Uh, Thank God you're okay now and you're, you're tough. <laughs> dude, holy shit. Yeah, um, it was funny. We would, uh, like, after the accident, he was, you know, going through some mental stuff like everyone was. Yeah, and, dude. Uh, he, was always, we, he, he was my workout partner, um, you know, for a while. And, uh, you know, he put on some weight, like, cause he was like comfort eating yeah. and stuff. <laughs> it was really, it was funny. Um, but, um, what's it called? He, uh, yeah, so how do you, didn't they do tourniquet on you? Like how yeah. did the, the bleeding, the bleeding. So he, um, I'm not sure the whole order, but he called an ambulance and, um, I guess they told him that to tie tourniquets with whatever he could. And part of our work uniform, we had suspenders. So he, uh took off his suspenders and tied them and then uh, like on my I think my right leg and then my left leg is just you know it's completely gone so um I was really gushing out of this one so he took my backpack and uh just pressed it on like waiting for the ambulance to get there and um I don't know I just the ambulance picked you up but then yeah and took they were me. able to get you to the hospital before you bled out or? so um apparently I uh you know, from what I've heard, I, I died twice on the way to the hospital and, you know, I was in and out while, while I was in the hospital and, you know, there was a while that no one, that, you know, they thought I was dead. Yeah. <laughs> they, apparently, um, one of those people in the hospital would tell you, like, that come out and tell your family, like, you know, they told your family, like, yeah, he's, he's they didn't, they, they're like, they didn't say, you know, he's dead, but he was like, it's not like, it's, it's, <laughs> it's like, he's not, he's unstable, like, it's. I guess could go either way right now. Yeah, probably leaning towards dying. My first surgery, they told me that um, they pumped forty six bags of blood into me, like and they what I what they told me they were squeezing it, um, to get it to go in faster just because I had lost so much blood. Yeah, you needed it. (laughs) And um, I think I had thirteen surgeries in the first seven days or something like that. Um, so what was I'm curious. Well, a lot of things, actually. I have so many questions going through my head. But one of them is, when was the first time you fully regained consciousness and you were like, holy shit, like, what just happened? Is that, was there a point like so that? So, the first thing that I kind of remember is, um, 
I'm not sure when this was, but I, I think it was at the very beginning. They already had um, one of those tubes all the way down my throat, like I guess to help me breathe. And um, so I couldn't talk, and they had that in for a while, which was just so frustrating. Dude, that's terrible. And, like, it's literally something in your mouth all the way down, you just you can't speak. Um, I, I kind of, like, remember, um, like, being, I think, on, um, like, a stretcher or whatever, they're running me in. Um, they tied me down to, uh, to the bed or whatever it was, just because uh, with all the adrenaline, I was going nuts yeah. and slamming stuff and like trying to get everyone off me i guess yeah and um back then you, you know like I, I grew up in the gym i was yeah i was pretty <laughs> i was i was bigger um well i don't know about bigger than now yeah, I but <laughs> i was you know i was decent <laughs> um but um i remember like being so angry and like looking up at my dad just with like tears in my eyes like just knowing like I screwed up. <laughs> like, yeah. My life's changed, you know, and then fade out. <laughs> and um, there's like a couple things in the hospital I remember, but um, finally, like when it, when I was first like really coming to, I remember um, what everyone would like my parents and everyone was telling me. It, not a lot of people could see me at first, um, but my parents like didn't leave my bedside. But um, the, the night it happened, there was a. Uh, like everyone just heard like everyone was calling everyone was like oh my gosh they probably got a horrible accident whatever he's in the hospital and that night um i, I heard over 70 people came <laughs> really yeah like fraternity brothers um like people just ucf like people in the community like showed up they couldn't see me but they just waited in the waiting room until yeah. like five in the morning when when everyone when the hospital people kind of like Get them out. Like there were so many people, they had to move them to a separate room. That must have made you feel really good, though. Dude, it showed you like the support. Of I was gonna yeah. ask you, like, since you were really tight with your fraternity and stuff, how much, how supportive they were, and if that made a really big difference. Yeah. It supports everything when you're going through something like that. It yeah. it made a world of difference. They um. So when I woke up, I heard you know my fraternity was there. Like people, other you know people from sororities and stuff were were there. Uh, my family members were just there waiting um i heard that they started a gofundme yeah. and uh they raised it's like twenty thousand dollars like within a day and then ninety thousand within like a, like a week or two or something like that and i just i couldn't like believe yeah. it and um i heard about like the, the car washes um they were doing to raise money and like the 5ks and and how even like all the other fraternities were making shirts and like like wristbands and stuff and you know, just the, not only the support from the fraternity, but from UCF and, like, everyone. Like, apparently, like, churches and stuff everywhere. Like, not only in Florida, but so many other places were praying for me. And, dude, yeah, um, you're giving me the chills, bro. <laughs> it was <laughs> just, yeah, it was nuts. Um, and that there's actually a video of the car wash um, that I, I still watch to this day. It um, There was a, a procedure that they had to do. Um, so for my stomach, I was opened up. Like they couldn't just close yeah. me up because I was swollen and I had like gravel and stuff in me. Jeez. I was opened up from like hip to hip. And my, my belly button was literally like over here. When I, one of the times when I woke up, there, there was a, I remember distinctly two things asking my, like my mom. One, um, I was like, mom, uh, you know, how's my face? <laughs> and, uh, you know, she showed me a mirror and I was like, oh, thank God. <laughs> like, I was wearing my helmet and everything. And, um, and another thing I remember asking was, do I still have a belly button? 
She's like, oh. I'm really looking down, and it was just this huge. What, like, if she's just, what if she's just like, yeah, here it is. Oh my gosh! Like literally, I wouldn't even have been surprised at that point. Yeah, of course. Um, that's absurd, though, dude. But um, okay. So the thing with uh, how it's opened up, they had a like a wound vac machine where they had um, they had to change it like, I think twice a week, and I just dreaded it. I anxiety. I hated it so much because it was like one of the worst pains I ever yeah. felt and I just had to do it over and over. So what is a wound back? They just like take the all the liquid out? No, or, so uh, I, I'm opened up, right? And my skin Oh they had to change the, they all had the, to change all it. The, okay. So my skin's trying to come together, you know, to you yeah, know, to heal. heal. Um so this wound vac it they put like some material that goes over it and then like uh this plastic or something that kinda forms like a vacuum seal and then they have the wound vac which sucks or something i don't know what it does but it's supposed to make you heal twice as fast um so what they had to do was they every like two two times a week they'd have to change it so when they, when they do it they it would literally it was like they were like they cut something in my skin and were just peeling my skin off oh dude. and they would get i was on so many painkillers they'd even give me dilaudid which is you know stronger than morphine like nothing they gave me like took the pain away. You could still feel it. It was so bad. It, it was it was horrible. <laughs> and um, one thing that the only thing that could like make me feel better was I'd watch this video like I, on um, on my phone, and um, it was like of uh, the car wash video. The car wash video. It was um, fraternity and other people. Um, just like I had a video of them doing a car wash and tabling and a whole bunch of other stuff and. There was another fraternity next door. It was uh, Gazzoni, which used to be like Lambda Chi, but like I knew some of them too, and they came over and helped, and they, you know, made food and and everything, and they just had this video of all the people doing this stuff for me, and um, and then towards the end of the video, it has like uh, like pictures of tweets and like other social media stuff of fraternities, sororities, just Greek life, like everywhere like like at all a bunch of different schools so many places that's just crazy, tweeting man. like oh prayers to this oh go fund me support support and um i would just stare at this video and watch it like on repeat over and over and over while they did the procedure you know it still hurt really bad but yeah. um it was the only thing that could help me like ease the pain 100 percent, dude i mean that i can't imagine but at least knowing and seeing the community all coming together for a cause like that that's I don't know. You're probably just like, all right, like I gotta do my part. Now. I didn't I gotta, have a choice, you know. Through, man, everyone was there. Like everyone was there for me. Whenever when people could finally see me, I'd have six different people in there every single day, um, like every day. Yeah. They'd come in and like literally watch them do like procedures on me and and stuff like in my room, and they'd just be there for me, you know. Like literally, like yeah. different members of the fraternity, different people in sororities, just my friends, my family. Like there was always people in there, and with that kind of support, you have no choice but to overcome. You know, you can't let them right. all down. <laughs> I'm curious if this was, I don't know, like another lifetime maybe, and you're in the same accident, but you weren't in a fraternity, and maybe you just didn't have that many friends. How do you think your recovery process would have went differently? If, if, like, you just had your parents or maybe even just one parent, like, you just didn't have the same immense support that you do now. I don't even want to think about that, man. Yeah. I, I don't even Because there's don't people even out there that ha- go through tragic accidents and they don't have that support group, yeah. you know? 
I'm just curious, like, so I'm just, like, I'm trying to emphasize the importance of the support you had. Dude, you know? I, um, well, I guess I, I could kind of use that to, to move into this. I, so, I was in the hospital for two months, um, and then I moved into, like, a recovery place, um, for another two months, and, um, it was literally right next to the emergency room, I could literally throw a rock and hit the emergency room, like, it was so right. close, um, because I was in and out of the, in and out of the emergency room, um, a lot like when I got released I was still getting fevers I'd still there's still a lot wrong with me <laughs> yeah. um but during that time you know people would still come visit me and everything but you know I was better and I, I was kind of alone a little more um and so being like alone kind of like took away that that it kind of made it more real you know like um, no, I get you. Having all those distractions. Yeah, I had all the distractions with the really nice nurses and all my friends and the support and everything. And then now I'm kind of like with my family members or whoever. So I, I'm like I'm alone a little more. So now it's like really hitting me. Like, like I'm, you know, never. I, like at the time, like I'm never gonna be the same. Like, am I even? Like I, you know, I was, I was dude, fun. I loved going out. I loved playing sports. I was, you know, a confident guy. And like I was, I didn't like lost my legs like I'm so different now can I recover from that and all these dark thoughts started like you know creeping up and um there was a, t- a time period in there where for I, th- I think it was like two weeks maybe a little longer I-, I don't really know um where I was just so sad and so like depressed and I never felt like that in my entire life like I'm I'm a very positive and happy person yeah. and um it was so weird and I just could not stop just weeping like uncontrollably yeah. like at random times i just start and i just couldn't do anything about it and i um i mean that's all part of the grieving process man yeah. like you went through something that was extremely traumatic you know it wasn't like you lost someone in your life but dude you lost your legs and you're, you're a d1 athlete sports and partying and living a very active lifestyle was that was your life man and yeah. it like took it away instantly i can't, I can't <laughs> yeah. fathom it so yeah. it makes sense. I was wondering, so you went into that, that stage of depression. Did, was there a stage where you were, like, just pissed off at the world, like, angry? Because I feel like a lot of people, I've spoken to a lot of people who have been through stuff like that, and they get ang- there's, like, a stage of, like, sadness, depression, and, like, just pissed off at the world. Mm-hmm. Like, why me? Like, why did this happen? Like, that the hell? The angry part didn't, that didn't really no? come that much. It was, like, what, I, get, I don't know, because, um... You know, I'm used to being, everyone gets angry and stuff, right. but um, I really, like, I, you know, I get sad like a normal person, but I'd never felt this type of sadness before. It was just nonstop, like, over your head, and um, I'd, I'd never felt like that, and it, I hated it, and it was weird, and um, I was just so upset, like, oh, I'm never going to be, like, that athlete that I was. I'm not going to be you know, the, the guy, the man that I was, like, I, yeah. like I'm, I'm different, I, I can never be, I, I had this, the, there's this poster in my room, um, this picture is, like, from, from, like, my high school yearbook that I was, uh, they took a picture, because, you know, I won stage and everything, I'm like this, like, just yeah. on top of the world, you know, I, I just accomplished everything I wanted to, and I'd look at that picture, and be like, I'm, not, I'm never going to be that guy again, and, um, so, I, you know, finally, I, I just came to a point where um, I I had to make a decision, you know, where I was going to be, am I going to feel like this? I'm going to be upset, sad, depressed the rest of my life and just be like, oh, you know, why this happened to me? Or 
am I gonna make the best of it? Victim you know? or victor, bro. I I had to make that choice, and um, finally I was like, you know, I don't want to feel like this. I I'm, this isn't who I am. I'm, you know, I'm a, I'm a mentally strong guy. I'm a very strong, confident person. This is who I am, and I can choose to be that person again. It's like at that point, I feel like I would have lost who I was before, and I decided I'm I'm gonna be that I'm be that guy that I've always been, and um ever since that point there's no turning back like I there's obviously ups and downs like with my health and and everything and still getting upset but I I was like you know what this I'm gonna take every opportunity that I can I'm gonna make the best of this like I'm, I'm gonna figure it out and um I started working out with the two and a half pound weights there's a like a little fitness room in this, yeah, in this place Tell them about that nerve damage you were telling me about earlier on your side where you couldn't you couldn't even move your wrist for a little yeah, bit I uh so when I broke my my humerus um, there's a nerve in here somewhere that um, just turns off your wrist, and I forget what they call it, it's like wrist drop or something like that. But um, there, there was for a while I couldn't like I'd look at my dad be like, oh, am I moving? Am I moving my fingers? And and he'd be like, no, because I'd, I'd be trying to to move and I, I just couldn't. And um, I guess over time it was getting a little better, a little better. But um, I there's when I finally move my fingers, I, I try to put my my wrist like this and it just go like that i i physically could not hold it up because the, the nerve was so bad um and then finally after two months of a bunch of different therapy in the hospital i was able to to move um like soup cans like from up and putting them on like on, sh- on a shelf or whatever because yeah, yeah. i'd be training with little like those little clothes pins and i'd be pinching it and <laughs> picking up little yeah little just the smallest things i'm like what, what what is this? I, I before I'd be ripping out the hundred pound dumbbells and now <laughs> now I can't even hold my wrist up. Like it was, I was so fragile and weak. It was, yeah. it was horrible. I hated it and um that was that was a big thing too. I um I'd be in that room. And I'd be looking in the mirror and I was so tiny and my face was skinny and I was pale and and frail and, and just yeah. little and I hated it and um. So I, I made that choice, and I was like, oh, I'm, I'm getting everything back. I want it all. I'm, I'm taking it. And um, we started with the two-and-a-half-pound dumbbells. I'd have my brother. I'd have my roommates. I'd have um, my dad, whichever family members were with me at the time, and helping me train, helping me do exercises, starting literally with the two-and-a-half-pound weights, trying to, to, <laughs> to move it yeah, up and man. do wrist curls and regular curls and anything I could do out of my wheelchair. Did and, they um, think you were going to be able to make – a full recovery that way because I mean we just worked out today and you're shoulder pressing 185 pounds so like, <laughs> you obviously made a pretty damn good recovery yeah. but at the time did you were the doctors like yeah if you keep going through physical therapy you'll be able to recover or were they like nah like you're no fried. one ever really they didn't really say you're just like there was really no I I visited someone in the hospital who got a motorcycle accident um he lost his arm he uh and after I was talking to him and everything, you know, I was going home and I was like, man, like, I really, I really wish I could have had, you know, someone who had been through worse than what I experienced tell me, like, you know, this is going to be okay. But I, you know, all my family members and everyone would say, you know, you're going to be fine. You're going to get through this, whatever. We're gonna... They had not actually lived it. But so. yeah, and no one actually knew, yeah. you know, They're, like no one yeah. actually knew if it was going to be okay. No one knew what I was, you know, going to be able to do again or what I would do and so you know, you have to go in with that mindset though that you're gonna fight as hard as you can, make the best out of it. You know. Yeah, and it, it sounds like did. a really easy decision, it's but not, not it was just all. nuts. And you know, day after day, working out, working out, I'm starting to look better. I'm starting to feel good. 
But then I lost my hair, and that, that, that was, that was, <laughs> what? That, you never yeah. told me about that, Yeah, bro. oh my gosh, I, um, in the hospital, I had, like, 17 different tubes, and then, like, by the time I was out, I had, like, two, two tubes, um, or maybe three, I, oh man, I, I had two catheters, um, because my bladder, like, yeah. ruptured, um, so they had to piece it back together, along with a bunch of different other organs, um, and then my, they had to take my intestine out, which, it was gross, and then Jeez. they had they put did a surgery to put it back. Like I was, I was still messed up, you know. Yeah. Um, and then a point came after I guess from all the stress and the drugs and everything, I my hair fell out, which was another horrible, horrible point for me. Mom, is my face okay? Yes, yes. but you have no hair. <laughs> in the hospital, I had it, and then I get out of the hospital, and I'm like finally like getting a little better, back and then it caught up to me. Boom, bald patches in my hair, and I was just like. No! <laughs> Damn. Uh, why? And then um, I ended up, you know, getting a haircut and um, some special, like, stuff I rubbed in my scalp and yeah. my hair came back. <laughs> I'm curious, was there a part, a, por- uh, a part where, were you ever worried about like, girls or anything? Because you're, like, a stud, you're in a fraternity, <laughs> like, you're going out all the time, like, you know, living your life. Was there a portion where, of you that was like, shit, like, will I still be able to like, get girls and, like... Stuff like that. I'm just curious. Yeah. <laughs> well, that thought of course, like, it went through my head. And, um, that, you know, that's a really big Yeah, man. Concern. Of course. Yeah, I'm, I'm just thinking to myself, I'm like, damn, like, I would probably be thinking about that at one point. Like, it's going to cross It definitely mind. comes up, and it's like, oh, you know, those other thoughts, like, oh, am I going to, you know, die alone? Am I going to do, like, all this stuff, <laughs> yeah, you know? Dude. All that stuff you think about. And, um, you know, I learned... You know, it's all about the confidence yeah. and how you uphold yourself. If you don't act different, people aren't going to treat you different. Yeah. So I was in the hospital for two months, and then I was in that recovery place for two more months. Um, so that was basically during the summer because the accident happened April 4th of 2017. And then um, the school year, you know, that was like the end of the spring semester. Right. So basically all of summer I was in the, the hospital and, doing, and all that stuff. Um, school started back, you know, in August. And um, I decided I didn't want to go back home and, you know, it would have sucked to be away from my friends course, and everything. Yeah. Um, so I decided to move in back with, like, my other roommates. And, uh, and like, we rented, like, a house, in, like, near the campus. And um, I just I moved back in with them, and I started school again <laughs> that, that, that first fall. Dude, that's crazy. You're off four months, five months, three months, three something months. like that. And something, like, yeah, All right, I'm ready to go back to school. So I, how I, different was it when you went back so there's a lot of things I had to get like used to which took time um one of the big things was like sitting down for a while like just like sitting in my wheelchair or in a chair like like my my legs would get sore and like my back would hurt and I just I get it, everything I did took so much energy out of me um so that, that was what I couldn't like sit through a class or, or anything um I tried starting out with uh think 13 credits or something like that and I ended up that first semester I had to do 10 which is I think yeah, I ended up so doing like four classes or something yeah, like that which I know that four. doesn't add up but I think one of them wasn't a three yeah. credit um but anyway so I had to like get back into that um but yeah I'd get back from class or whatever and just pass out I just just tired it, it, it was so exhausting and um you know, when I, I still had my tubes and everything, and I was, like, in a wheelchair, I wasn't walking yet, like, in my prosthetics. Um, like, I, I was still, you know, pretty fresh out of the hospital. <laughs> um, so I, I was still, like, I had to juggle. I was getting sick all the time. 
uh, my immune system hadn't built back up yet and you know um, I, I was still dealing with like a lot right. but um, when I moved back in so the fraternity has its like elections in November so I, I moved back in um, in August and um, like back to go to school and uh, the, the vice president at the time he was always you know hanging out and stuff at my house and he was like we were just talking, whatever, and I was like, oh, you know, who's running for, uh, like, president, vice president this year, like, who's going to be the exec, and he was like, oh, you know, we, we don't really know who's going to run for president, and I was like, oh, okay, he's like, yeah, you should do it, <laughs> and I was like, yeah, okay, man, like, I just, you know, yeah. four months ago, I got in an accident that killed me, <laughs> and, um, you Dude, know, I freaking hurricane, yeah, yeah, <laughs> But um, I got an accident. Yeah, they literally killed yeah. me, and I still have tubes in me. I get sick all the time. I can't run, you know, 150 other people, you know, and um, can't do that right now. It, like even though you know I was super involved before, I was like uh, like the rush chair and uh, and stuff like that. But then you know I that got cut short. But um, so just kind of like breezed over that. I was you know like yeah okay, it wasn't like a big conversation, and um. You know, just going through school, going through everything, and, um, you know, a month, whatever goes by, he keeps coming over, just hanging out. Um, you know, he brings it up again, like, just kind of, like, jokingly, I'm like, all right, haha, man. And then, uh, you know, it's getting closer and closer to uh, November when they have the elections, and, um, you know, finally he's like, yo, man, like, we really don't have anyone, like, why don't, you, why don't you just do it? Why don't you just run and, like, see what happens? And I was like... I don't know, man, like, I'll talk to the president now and see, like, what the workload is and, you yeah. know, see how bad it is and if it's something I could handle, and uh, I went to a couple meetings with the president at the time, who was actually, like, my big brother <laughs> in the fraternity, and, um, you know, I, I was something I thought I'd like to do, but I, I didn't know if I could, and uh, finally, trying to boil down to, like, you know, I made that decision before, he's <laughs> a good boy. Um, I made that decision before about, you know, taking every opportunity that I can to yeah, just make the best out of everything. I was like, you know, before, if, if this opportunity came up, I would have I, I would have took it. So I decided I wasn't going to let this hold me back, even though, you know, I had Freaking physical beast, therapy, <laughs> everything, trying to do school. I had all my doctor's appointments. I was like, all right, I'm going to try. <laughs> I'm going to see what happens. And... Um, it's kind of like really interesting. I uh, there was no one at the time when I decided, you know, all right, I'm gonna do it. And then um, the one person that I, if I thought had a, you know, the biggest chance of beating me, you know, in an election, um, like if I wasn't gonna run and I saw this person running, I would like vote for him hands down. Just like he, he's yeah. the man. I really like. He's my friend. I really like him. He's the man. Um, his name is Joshua Bologna. So he um, ends up saying that he's gonna run, and I was like. Alright, here we go. I mean, we'll see what happens. And, you know, I prepared my speech and everything. And, um, that, and you know, we had the, the elections. But, uh, give a little background about Josh. Like, he's, you know, he's a really, really big leader and everything. He was, uh, in president of IFC. He, um, ran for president of the whole school. Like, before, um, the elections, he, uh, you know, was on exec before. Um, you know, yeah, he's just that. Big time. He's a big time guy. And, uh, you know, we, um, after the elections, um, you know, I ended up giving my speech in front of everyone. It was actually the first time I got to take my prosthetic legs home from, um, 
my prosthetic, you know, right, place yeah, that yeah. works with me. I uh, I got to like before when oh, I was oh no way it was the first time I got to take him back and I had been while preparing for the speech and doing school and, and everything everything between I was working on walking every day because I had this vision in my head where I wanted to uh, wear my legs and uh, put on a suit and stand up in front of everyone and give my speech and yeah, so cool. whatever happened happened but you know I wanted to make I wanted to I wanted to be able to do that and stand up in front of everyone and um, you know I worked really hard on walking and it was the first time I got to take my legs home and um, I put them on I got dressed and you know I went in there and I, I gave my speech and you know I ended up winning it was Dude, it you was must crazy. have felt <laughs> so like empowered after you know um, it felt it felt really good it was uh, it was I think a big turning point for me like knowing like I'd seen you I can still, still do, do these things so, exactly exactly and um, you know me and Josh were still great after yeah. he uh, I told him after because um, I had heard rumors that he was thinking about running for president of uh, SGA like the entire school right. again I was like yo you do this I'm 100% behind you you know we all will be and you know he ended That's up doing that right. and we supported him with like tabling and helping you know get votes for him and he ended up winning that and being president of the school so win I, win dude. yeah I was president of fraternity then he was president of the entire school and That's so it, cool. was, uh, it was it was awesome man and um you know, I, uh, it, it, you know, there's nothing that really like could prepare you for that, but it, it was, it was cool. Um, I really got to step up, and uh, you know, I, I think I did a good job. Yeah, <laughs> but that's uh, awesome. It, it was a great experience. It was tough. It was, um, you know, it's it's hard. Oh, uh, there's so many more challenging complications. You probably learned so much. Too. I learned so much, and you know, about myself and being a leader, and I developed developed a lot of good skills with you know, time management and, you know, speaking and running, like, a whole organization. Yeah, um, you're running a business. Like, with a real budget and, and everything. Like, it was it was cool. And, um, actually, I skipped over a little part. So, that happened November. I got elected. August, I started school again. Um, so, during that time, during the accident, I was supposed to take my, L, my LSAT to get, like, which is the entrance exam to get into law school. And, um... I had to postpone it because I was in the hospital. So I was just like on edge. I like really wanted to take this test and um, I took it in September. <laughs> so right right after. And um, so I started school in August, took my LSAT in September. Um, then president in November, read, uh, I mean, I you know, I ran the fraternity for like a whole year, which ended up being like my, my senior year. Yeah. I, uh, I ended up taking like one extra semester to graduate. Um, I graduated this past December um, 2018 with a degree in finance. Um, And now I uh, working on like this fitness company with Adler that we started. And I'm also, uh, I'm retaking my OSAT. Um, You know, I did pretty good the first time, but I I wanna, you know, open some more doors and uh, just really trying to blow it out of the water. Yeah, man, you've been grinding hard for that, right? The past, since you graduated, just yeah. every day. <laughs> I haven't stopped. But, um, so Where do you want to go? Now. To law school. Dude, I uh, I don't know. Like, you know, I'd always wanted to go to UF. Um, and I ended up, I got in, like, this, when I applied this time, I got into FIU, Stetson, and uh, University of Miami. And then uh, UF told me, I have a guaranteed transfer spot, so if I start at one of those schools, then I can come in like next year. And um, I don't know. I decided, 
even though like UF is where I ended up wanting to go, um, I'm gonna retake this test just to open some more opportunities. I can make it like a, a better decision, not being so right, limited. Right. Um, with the score, you know, I'm, I'm working that towards now. I'm working, you know, really hard. I, uh, I, I mean, I'm not saying I'm gonna get it, right. but I, it, it would give me a shot at you know an Ivy League. Yeah, I love how humble you are. Man. You're <laughs> such a modesty. Well, not even modest, just humble. In general, but. I'd probably be stupid if I got in and didn't go there. But um, right, right. I mean, I'm, it's, I'm, it's I'm smart, planning on a you know? Then you have a lot more options. You can go to UF maybe for free or on some type some of scholarship, scholarship, or you can go to an amazing school of your choice. So either way, it's a win-win. But something else I was kind of wondering was how did people treat you differently when you came back to school with no legs? What were they just like? super supportive or do they get kind of annoying where people are like sucking up to you or like acting like you're disabled no so um, I don't know I'm just like, I'm just thinking like how would people react differently that's exactly yeah. how you expect it to happen and don't get me wrong people helped me like when I like I needed I obviously right. needed some help yeah you know like either getting around or like with rides or anything like you know I, I needed help yeah, and people gave it to me no no one was like overbearing like oh let me feed you or let me like yeah. give you like your, your drink or anything weird like that but like you know I feel like it really boiled down to like you know I didn't act different act like things were super different yeah, so um, they treated you normal so like everyone treated were. me normal it, like right. I upheld myself like like a confident man <laughs> like yeah. I you know always really wanted to be and um you know strive to be and you know people Respected recognize that, that. Yeah. and um people help me still help me all the time because you know I need it uh like, I don't need need it, but, you know, it helps right, make dude, my life a little easier. Just like easier. we were working out and, like, you can't push a lot of weight without sliding up off a bench. Like, that's so just, you like, hold my it's leg, just, like yeah. physical, like, stuff you literally need help with. Yeah. But no one was, like, babying you or, like, acting weird like that. Yeah. And I can't see I, that happening, honestly, with you. It was just a question that just went through my mind because, you know, people kind of get weird or get funny around... Yeah, yeah like situations are uncomfortable and which like I totally understand. Like I don't, I'm not, I don't think I'm weird about it. You know, yeah, I, if you're I, not weird about yeah. it. Then you're totally cool. Then I'm like not really other sensitive. people will respond the same way. That's I right. Think, at Ever least. since from the beginning, I, I would joke about it. Like I, uh, you know, I'd be like, oh, I, at least I don't have to work out legs anymore. You know? <laughs> which I was wrong, by the way. I have to work out legs even harder than I did before. Cause yeah, I, I rely on this so much. But um, you know, I just. It made it help me cope easier, cope better, because uh, I joke about it. Everyone else joke about it, and you know. Um, but like, I, I do need help sometimes. Like, we'll be in the gym, and um, people hand me weights just because it's it's easier than me trying to walk right, right. or whatever. You know, I'll still put up the weight, but you know, getting it from point A to point B. Um, but yeah, no one, no one really yeah. was super weird about it. You know. Something else is: Would you say this whole experience? change the way you kind of look at life after because i know you're already a super driven motivated dude who you know you had big aspirations but when something like this happens you know things can change but i'm wondering if your perspective on life kind of shifted after you almost passed away yeah i mean you literally couldn't there's probably like a pretty high chance you wouldn't have made it through but you you persevered and you're you're fortunate so i'm curious like how if anything changed in your, your view. um or not really. Well, like, I, you know, I, a big thing was me trying to be like, I wanted to be who I was before. And I always, you know, really wanted to excel at like what would I do. And, um, 
you know, I feel like this, if anything, kind of pushed me even more. Like, now, if I have a decision or something about, like, taking a risk, I go for it, you yeah, know, because I, I, I already so. died, you know, like, my time was done, like, this yeah. is, bonus <laughs> this is a bonus round, you know, <laughs> I'm going to make the best of it, and, um, you know, like, I had this big decision, um, you know, some other things happened, which weighed on, weighed in on the decision, but, um, essentially, me starting, like, I had, I could start at FIU this, uh, this fall, or some other law school, or I could, you know, kind of bet on myself and see, take a year and try to, you know, <laughs> risk not getting to a law school next year if I don't do better on this test or, or something oh, like you're that. You're gonna crush it, bro. I, <laughs> but like at the time, I really wasn't yeah. sure, you know, because I had um I taken it, and um, you know, I I I didn't really know how to get better at it, you know, and I wasn't sure if I could, and I was like, you know, I can just. I feel like I, I don't want to, I'm not settling. If I use a good law school and everything, I'd be super happy to go there, but I just feel like I maybe I want the option to go somewhere else, you know? And um, I was like, it's really scary. I'm really scared to just risk this and, and not take this spot I literally have waiting for me and even have a guaranteed spot to go to UF where I want to go originally. Or I can, you know, just see if I can just hammer this test and maybe a new door will open up. So I, I thought about it and I was going for it you know i mean you might as well like Mm -hmm. i think with all this time you're spending studying and the your work ethic i think i think you'll be okay brother i hope so man but um something else that kind of popped into my head going back a little bit when you said you passed away like twice on the way to the hospital did you have any like weird experiences or anything like that after or so i don't know always ask me that yeah because some people you know they kind of they like pass over or they're like kind of stuck between and maybe they saw some light maybe they saw like a vision or images or something i don't know i've never done it yeah <laughs> i um so i don't remember 100 percent like a divine like yeah like experience but i do i do remember um there was a time when uh i still had the tubes down my throat and i was still like in and out waking up and my dad was uh sending me like um, like, like church songs and stuff like that and um, I don't know, I remember like hearing his voice and like I, you know seeing something um, and like waking up and uh, I remember like that time like I was just super like woke up and I was like you know just super like I'm Catholic and everything like just praying and um, I don't know I felt comforted you know that yeah. I had you know, like God and everything yeah, yeah, on my yeah, side, and um, and my family, and um, so I don't remember like like a, I was on the other side, I was in heaven, you know, I, like I don't remember it yeah. exactly like that, but I do remember like a like a being like comforting you and keeping you safe, kind of. Yeah, I do feel like like God was there, you know. Yeah. Um, yeah, I remember for a while I'd be going into surgeries and I'd just be like, all right, I know, like I know you're with me, everything, and yeah, man. Um, just also they're supporting me. That's awesome. So, what were some of, what would you say, like, some of the biggest challenges you faced mentally and physically were, like, in the recovery process? Like, if you were to name, like, one or two, or even if someone else was in your position, like, recovering, and they were, like, struggling getting through it, like, what's a piece of advice you would share with them to, like, help them based off of something you struggled with? So, um, toward, at the beginning, I, uh, I, you know, I definitely recommend you know, working out and everything, not just, you know, to people recovering, yeah. like to everyone, 
Um, just one, I had that huge mental battle with myself um, about like, am I gonna be this person that I was? Or? By the way, you got through that like pretty fast compared to a lot of people, <laughs> dude. People struggle with that for years. So. I uh, I was really happy because I hated that that period. It was it was not a good time. <laughs> but um been there but yeah i uh you know i li- like it helped working out looking in the mirror and seeing progress seeing me get better and like knowing like it doesn't have to be this way um you know physical challenges i had you know all, like all the obvious right. ones um one of the big ones was uh like this whole nerve thing so i'd be putting up like weights what however like i was working up towards and um my arm would just give out like out of nowhere because I just that nerve was still healing and then um that kind of stopped happening like just giving out like more like can't became less often and then um probably like a year later I ended up I'm not exactly sure when but I have this huge rod like going all up my arm still yeah I still have it but before it would go kind of past my elbow so oh. it was like messing with something in here so you when I try to bench or whatever it would uh really bother me and kind of push me like like i'd start yeah. giving out not just out but um it weaken it and it would hurt and like feel really weird um so i had to get surgery and it took off like about this much of it um i've been a lot better since then but still this side is not like the you same you have a metal rod in your arm right now so oh, i have so much hardware like all in my my pelvis and my femurs no, uh, and I mean, I, i'm sense. just decorated man like a robot that's crazy <laughs> but um at least you're able to get in the gym and continually like keep pushing yourself and growing and getting stronger and because I feel like if you didn't have a gym and you it's almost like a therapy for you mentally too because you're able to go in the gym and you felt better about yourself after and that's with anyone but especially since you couldn't do so many of the things you could do before yeah I mean that's the way I'm seeing it from talking to you like a decent amount now the gym is almost like a therapy outlet for you like, yeah it um before the accident, I uh, that was like my outlet. You know, you get up, I'd get upset about something, and I'd whatever time it was, midnight, one in the morning, like during the day, I'd, I'd go to the gym, I just work out, and um, that it make me feel better, yeah. you know. Um, All you know, hormones. some people, you know, there's different ways of coping with things, but I liked going to the gym, and um, you know, remembering that when I was going through all this stuff, even though I was literally like so skinny and, and weak like it, you know it still made me feel better i'd go work out for i'd have to start with like 20 30 minutes at first um kid we'd go back like straight to the room down the hall and knock out like i yeah. I'd just fall asleep like so much <laughs> um because it's it awesome i couldn't like course, i just couldn't yeah. handle it yet um i'd even if i worked out too hard i'd even get sick sometimes like, it was it was weird no i mean that makes sense dude your body had it been exhausted but, dude, you got to tell these guys about the phantom pain you experienced sometimes. Because oh when you told me, I was, <laughs> I was like, what the hell even is that? like?" It um Okay, so phantom pain is basically when you still feel like your limbs after they're gone. Um, so it's not as bad now, um, but closer to the hospital. And then also when I get sick sometimes, um, my phantom pain just goes nuts. So it... um. I can still like feel my toes and like wiggle them and everything, um, like right now. You know, it's yeah. and not, like even though I'm just sitting here, I, I kind of it feels like someone's poking like my feet with like pins um, and like needles. And um, like, is that like all the time, pretty much? Like just yeah, like right now, I, I feel it. 
Um, yeah, <laughs> it's weird. But um, because of the accident, it was so bad and like it's excruciating. It um, and it, it's just like you can't really like. There's medicines for it. Um, I think one's called like gabapentin, which they tried giving me, but it was just so severe that it just the medicine didn't even help. Um, and it literally feels like someone is stabbing your legs with like knives that are also electrocuting you. Like, all the way down. <laughs> that sounds great. It's horrible. And, um, and I, it's from, I guess, like, your brain sends signals to your nerves. And right, then they're all screwed up. Back. And they don't come back. Yeah. So everything's just, go, just going nuts. It has to be an energy thing, like, where your legs... Used. Yeah. And, um, you know, we'd be looking up how to cope with it, what to do to make it better. And, like, there's a whole bunch of, like, different things you can do. Like, look in a mirror and, like, look at them and stuff like that. But... Nothing would help. Like, they, my parents would, like, rub my, like, nubs for hours when I was trying to fall asleep because it was so bad. But, um, you know, sometimes it'd just be so bad that, like, be surges where it'd come. And I'd be like, ah, and then I'd stop. And then it'd come again. And then oh, I remember at, at one point, like, it'd just be burning, like, tears to my eyes because it was just so painful. Yeah. Um, and one of the things we looked up that it said was, uh, like, on the Internet about it was your phantom pain, it's kind of, like, kind of determines how bad it is with how severe it was when you lost your legs like kind of like the la- how severe the last pain you felt when you lost your legs it's kind of how bad your phantom yeah, pain is not a good case for you buddy so like yeah so like <laughs> if i would have been put under i am like I, I don't know exactly but i imagine if i would have been put under and they took my legs then it wouldn't have been nearly as bad um which i'm not sure how like for other people if it's still bad or not or not but um my legs were literally like mutilated and ripped off my body yeah. um so the phantom pain's bad <laughs> you can cut this out this may be super graphic but so your legs were just somewhere on the highway just like sitting somewhere. I, I guess um i don't know if they ever found them or what but um i'm just thinking like dude your legs were cut off on a highway like they're just they were like completely gone. They weren't even like dangling or like. I actually. Or was one of them? Um, well, I I don't know. <laughs> I, I'm pretty sure my skin was up and my bone was still sticking. Oh. And they had to like just amputate Jeez. everywhere. Um, I actually we just moved, and um, for some reason I still had my backpack from that night, which was just drenched and soaked in blood. <laughs> it oh, was like a black man. jam sport, and it was just had this red tint to it because that's what yeah. Adler used to put the pressure on yeah i got you bro so you started a fitness brand i would say i don't know if it's an apparel brand yeah sure. it's it's more apparel so it's a fitness apparel brand but it has you know a powerful meaning behind it and you started it after your accident for a reason so will you share with the audience a little bit about it and why you started it in the first place yeah for sure so um you know i'd be going to the gym just trying to you know get myself better and um we'd be in the gym and maybe either be you know me and jake adler who um like the one that saved right, me right. and started this with me me and my brother or, um you know, whoever and i uh, would be working out just you know sweating working hard and everything and you know people would always come up and be like oh you know that's so motivational and like inspirational and everything like you know keep it up and um you know it started happening so often that um we decided you know maybe to, it'd be a good idea to try to spread the message out right. and um you know, share a story and maybe it'll help more people because, um, you know, people at my prosthetic place would even ask me, you know, about everything and I, I'd be able to help them. And, you know, I, um, people more now that we've started this, people reach out to me who have, uh, you know, similar 
things happen where they get amputations and stuff like that. And um, I actually, I visited uh, someone in the hospital who lost his arm in a motorcycle accident and, and it is getting, you know, the message out there about everything. And um, we just really, you know, want right, to spread it and um, encourage people, you know, whatever their challenges are, whatever they want to overcome, whether, you know, you have some sort of disability or not, like forever, for um, whoever, you know, just don't, just go out there and, you know, make it happen. Oh, you yeah, know, bro. You can do it. <laughs> Sign me up for some. I'll definitely do <laughs> Got you. So there's one question that I normally ask, um, I guess, I come on the show, and for your case, I'm just going to change it up a little bit. And for this one, it's what piece of advice would you give to someone who has just experienced tragedy or a very challenging experience in their life, and maybe they're going through a dark time mentally, kind of like how you did for a few weeks? What would you tell them to help them get through that period of time? So, yeah, it's um, kind of deep. Yeah. <laughs> um, you know, basically, I guess to summarize, like, my, my whole thing, like, you don't have to let anything hold you back. You are only restricted by what you, like, Believe, restrict yourself yeah, with in fun. your head, you know? Um, if you want to go be a doctor, you, you can do that. You know, you put in the work, you can make it happen. You want to... I don't know, go sing on American Idol. I, yeah. Who knows what the odds are, but who cares? You know, do everything you can to make it happen. Um, I just, with the tragedy and everything, there's one thing, you know, I, I always I kind of say, um, you know, anyone can do well when they're having a good day, but it's, you know, how you react on your bad days that, you know, shows your true character. Yeah, and, um, you know, there's there's no reason that you can't make something happen that you want to have, that you want to make happen. Oh, I like that. I like that. So, if someone, like, what if they're just kind of depressed and, like... Sad. Yeah, they're <laughs> sad, bro. I mean, you... It took you a little bit to crawl out of it, but yeah. how did you make that, like, transition? Like, you just snapped out of it, kind of? Like, you know how you, you went from being, like, super yeah. sad, like, depressed, and then you're like, all right, like, no, I can still be the same person I was. I can do this. Mm-hmm. That's kind of a hard question. Like, I know you're not a therapist or anything. I was just wondering, like... If How there's something that? you did, yeah, because it's hard. It, that it's really hard to make that transition. Yeah. I've been in dark places before, and it took me longer than it took you. Um, but we had completely different like circumstances yeah. and stuff. But like, yeah, I'm just curious if there's anything like practical or any tips, like Dude, you I, did, or you just were like, you know, I was man <laughs> up. <laughs> I don't know. No, I get you. Um, you can't just say yeah, man up. Exactly. And just it's hard. Do it. It's it's really tough. Um, and I I gotta say that. Um, you know, I, I didn't want to go out like at all. Um, so one thing that really helped me was, um, like working out in the gym, like just seeing like the progress and like getting my confidence back and everything really was helping me, you know, help me get through it. Um, and then also like, like I, there was that point where I didn't want to see anyone anymore. Like I, I wanted to just be by myself or whatever. And finally, like, uh, some of my friends just showed up picked me up and took me away you know to, to go eat or something you know and I, yeah. I felt so much better um I don't know so like I, stay I guess, active like stay active life, stay moving yeah don't uh you know don't isolate yeah don't don't be by yourself you know um try to do something try to pick up where you left off you know just try to keep it moving keep it moving and then soon enough you just you forget about it try to just yeah. do everything um yeah, I, I was slipping, you know, and um, 
that they sh- showed up. It's natural, dude. They took me away, and we had a great time, and I was like, yeah, it's not fun. Like, yeah. I, I still like all this stuff, you know? I, it was, it, it, they, people got me out of a lot yeah. of stuff. Having a good support system helped. That's huge, man. All right, man. So there's one last thing I do, mm-hmm. and I started integrating this more recently, but it's a lightning round of questions. Oh it's only gosh. like five or six questions, completely random questions that I just picked like right before this. Mm-hmm. So I'm gonna hit you with the question. You're just gonna answer right away. First thing that comes to your mind. <laughs> I wrote them down on my phone. So let me know when you're ready. All right. All right, bro. <laughs> so you can only do one exercise the rest of your life. What is it? Uh, bench press. Fucking dude. Damn fraternity guys, man. <laughs> I'm not gonna say squat. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god. What would you rather know? How you're gonna die or when you're gonna die? How I'm gonna die. How you're gonna die? Would you rather speak all languages or be able to speak to animals? Wow. Uh, animals. Would you rather end the life of a single human being or 100 cute baby animals? Wait, what? Would you rather end the life of one single human being or 100 cute baby animals? Oh my gosh. Uh, (laughs) These are random questions, man. One human being. (laughs) Oh, man, you're going to kill someone? Yeah. (laughs) You can only have one item with you on a deserted island. What would it be? My dog? Your dog. You're going to eat your dog. You're going to starve to death. Um... No, it's fine. You already said your dog. Yeah, I said my dog. Oh, I would have this dog, too. At least you'd go so out. Cute. Like, <laughs> if you had to live off only one food the rest of your life, what would it be? Lobster. Lobster? All right, that's a good I choice, like bro. Thank you so much for this. Of course, your story man. is super inspiring. I hope everyone watching takes something away from it and you know knows that you can really get through any adversity in your life and even use that for your strength. If you guys want to follow this guy on social media, I'll put it in the description. What was your Instagram? This is my first and last name. Yeah, so Radley Gills is his yeah. Instagram, and then his personal brand is, or his uh, fitness brand is Radflex. Fitness. Radflex Fitness. Pretty straightforward. First, last name, and brand. But yeah, that pretty much wraps it up. Thank you guys for listening, and stay tuned for the next interview. That's it for today's episode. Thank you guys so much for listening, and I hope you enjoyed it and were able to take away some tremendous value from it. Now, I want to remind you that knowledge is only power if you make the effort to actually take action and implement it into your daily life. I can assure you, if you just listen to the podcast, take zero notes, and don't make an effort to take the practical tools we provide you and put it into daily practice, 90% of the info will be out the window within a week guaranteed it's just how it works so do me a favor and review your notes to see how you can implement what you just learned from the podcast it will help you tremendously so as a bonus every week i'll be picking one person on instagram who screenshots the podcast and tags at real underscore driven to give away one piece of rd merch of your choosing hats shirts whatever you guys like so with that being said i hope you all have a kick-ass day and i'll see you next time